Hello. Hi, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining us, and I hope that you're excited for more Fight with Spirit, as the new Crest Neons are uh, well underway in this uh, very intense game that started out very brutal and then just started shifting very radically in the, in the Neon's direction in ways that I'm sure are very exciting for everyone who is watching and everyone who is playing similarly. So with that, we should get into our next match game to see what other radical swings in, in play take place uh, in this match. And with that, I think I will go into head-to-head, -head, which I like a lot, obviously, because it means that I get, I get to lean on Ryan again. So, right, so, single out a player on the rival team. That's obviously going to be Sam. Why do you long to take them on? How do you challenge them? So, I think Ryan's thing, based on some of the stuff that we've set up prior, is that the game is not fun anymore. Hmm. And I think that if I confront you with this competitive spirit, like, even though I know that the the nature of competition is part of the reason why the game is not fun anymore. I, a part of me still feels like if I still play against you, win or lose, I will find the thing right. that is good about the game. So it has to be you. It has to be nobody else. Nothing else about this game matters. It is just us in this moment in the hopes that I will rediscover what is valuable here and i think that the way that i do that is like because of the nature of the game it is kind of par for the course for some like mild scuffles to take place in or around potential scoring positions not for the purposes of scoring or not but simply to kind of control space in that sense like so i feel like what happens is i confront you in the attempt to take the neon's uh score orb and i would otherwise take it and run with it but i actually because i know that you are in the area because i know that you're the only neon's member in the, who can get to me soon enough to respond i take the ball I rush forward with it simply to express the intent that if you can't stop me, I'm going to score the ball. And then I stop and, like, maintain eye contact with you. So I want to to introduce the, the question of, are the mechs involved at this point, right? Because we haven't done mech stuff previously, but we're far enough into the game that they're probably getting involved. And should they be involved yeah. in this matchup? I would let you qualify that. If you want to shield in this moment, you can shield with the mech. And the mech, sh the, the mech cooldown timer charges faster than the others. So it is available to you in this, this stage of play. I think we've been, I think the game has been going on for maybe 45 to 50 minutes by now. It's, uh, I think all of the mechs are in place somewhere at this point. So you yeah. can confront me mechless or mech on in this moment, but. That the, this confrontation is make or break regardless. Yeah, because like an another option is that you run forward, get the ball, throw it behind you, and take your mech kind of coming at me. 
and I've been holding mine in reserve, and then I have to I have to activate mine to meet you. Ah, yes, you know, I like this even more because we qualified that you can't score right. in mech. So this is really just me telling you, please come at me, bro. Yep. So yeah, mech to mech. Let's see what goes. Let's see what happens next. So the next cue is yours. Okay. And so I think how do they accept the challenge? Is that Sam? Active like summons uh, summons her own mech to meet you instead of like trying to like pull you away and just like actively dodge to not get knocked out. This is head to head instead of cat and mouse. And so you know I act uh, I activate the mech and it's got this big like I'm thinking like a shield that goes like this right where it's it's kind of higher at the at both sides like a like a more exaggerated kite shield but the bottom is squared off. And so it's like uh-huh. a shield that's larger than the largest human player that, you know, you can you can use to like block off space, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you can also use it to just check the other person. Uh, yes. But it's, it's not as good an offensive weapon as some of the other models have. But it's great mm-hmm. for like board control, right? Because you can close something yeah. off. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I take my mech and, um, and meet you. What's Ryan's mech like? What model or what um, class does uh, they use? Or do they use? So, as we qualify more about the relationship between Ryan and Sam, when we used to play before, my core mech class used to be a kind of agile movement class, like higher mobility, the ability to kind of like clamber over other mechs in some very unique ways in order to reject some kind of crowd control in certain kinds of circumstances. But as of late, I've leaned into bruisers of a sort. The mech that I'm using at this moment is actually not very big or very strong. It actually still leans into a uh, a little bit of agility, just not as much as before because it has to prioritize some of its energy into holding arms, because now my mech has three limbs, and two of them have swords. Oh, nice. Well, they're, they're essentially batons. They're essentially energy batons, but mm. they look like katanas. Right. And there's just, like, this vestigial arm here that is just a fist for just punching. So, yeah. Okay. Play. Your battle oh. will be decided one blow at a time. Mm-hmm. So the rival is you. Draw four cards and play the highest three face down on a line. Face down. I love this so much. Okay. I have placed my face down in a line. So I draw three cards. I don't get any spirit tokens, so I only have the three. And place them face down opposite your rival's cards. Ah, I see what's going to happen here. I like this a lot. Let's move these cards yep. over. Yeah. Right. We're going to line them up one by one. So we're going to get three beats of this, uh, this bout, right? It does say draw, not place. So I do get to see them first. Let's make some strategic decisions. This is going to be juicy. This is going to be delightful. I love this so very much. All right. You and Rival, one matched pair at a time. Flip the cards and compare their values plus fight. The player of the higher card wins that round. They describe how they get to the edge by answering a headway or asking their rival to answer a setback. The first person to win two rounds wins the point. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so starting here. 
One, two, three. <laughs> wow. At, but you win ties, so that's yours. Um, so do you answer your head where do you make me answer my setback? My setback, I don't think, qualifies in this moment. Yeah. So I like the idea that so my headway is what reckless move plays uh, pays off. So I think here, Sam is using Ryan shit against him. And so like Ryan comes in with the swords and Sam just mustachios Ryan's mech. So the mustachio is when you take a round shield and you just pop the other person in the face. <laughs> and so like- oh, wow. Ryan is coming in with the swords and Sam just takes that shield on offense. But because, because it's a headway and I won this pass, it knocks Ryan's mech back enough that the, the sword strikes just completely go, go spoiled. Um, and so Ryan, Ryan, you're reeling in this first moment. Yeah. I imagine I'm very angry in this moment. and very visibly sizing up for the next blow, which is, one, two, three. Oh wow! So I got a four, and Ryan or Sam got a four, and Ryan got a three, which means that this ends with the second pass. We don't even have to get to the third pass because it's best two out of three. But we should look at those numbers to see. Um, oh yeah, but we will we will call this scene first before I show you what so, what was about to happen. So how do I clearly counter an attack? Or who pushes you to make a decisive move? Or why do you pull back in a crucial moment? Why can't uh, you keep it interrupting your thoughts? Brandon, does one of those setbacks appeal to you more than the other so that you get to narrate a beat? I like, okay, why do you pull back at a crucial moment? So we've never played like this before. We are particularly well-versed in most forms of play in this genre. We are talented enough to do all, all sorts of things in play. But we've never been specifically, like, this combative in our previous play. Because we didn't need to be. Because we were, we found other more valuable, more challenging ways of actually being competitive. So I've never seen you this forceful in a game before. And in that moment, I kind of have fun with the thing again. I think you mm. revealed to me now... That I wasn't, like, before I was filling in, I was filling the hole and the fun of the game with brutality because I wasn't finding a way to play that was enjoyable or rewarding before. Right. And I think I discovered two things as a result. One, that there's nothing wrong with that, that you can be aggressive, just not going out of your way to actively harm other people. Like, your desire shouldn't be doing violence your desire should be how is this actually making play more complex right and in the act of you teaching me that i had fun again and learned that maybe the thing that allows me to have fun again is playing with people who cared who, uh, who i cared about and who mattered to me mm. and in the period of time that we haven't spoken and haven't been friends i thought that Maybe that was impossible. And in this moment, I'm like, maybe I can still bond with people. Maybe my bond with Sam is broken. And maybe there's still time to figure that out. But maybe the problem that I have with not having people 
that who matter to me to play with is something that I can still solve before I can never enjoy this game again. Yeah. And in that moment, I kind of just let you sock me. I like just take it. Like I close my eyes and accept it. Mm. And that's how you win that. That's how you win that point. Yeah. So I want to do like, I don't know how the match moments work, but I would love to do a, uh, um, to do a, like a basically an, an inner monologue thing for Sam right here, if that's okay. You get one match. You could you you uh, each player gets one match moment during the match. So you could just uh, break the action to do that at this okay. moment whenever you want. Yeah. So one of them is get in your head, reveal your inner thoughts about a secret hope or difficult question. So the the two mechs come at each other, and Sam takes this risky offensive move that pays off, and I think they misread how Ryan reacts. Instead of understanding that Ryan is like, cool, this is fun, uh, like letting letting themselves get laid out, Sam is really worried that they have completely closed the door on being able to reconnect with, with Ryan ever because this is not how we used to play. And so Sam is in his own head about having been too aggressive and like broken some unspoken agreement between them. And so Sam kind of goes over Ryan's mech and basically turns to block off a corner so that their runner can come up and be able to score here. So this could be Melly or a runner that Melly is working with, right? As the kind of scene broadens. But the emotional moment or the emotional beat for Sam is not triumph. It is like fear and guilt. Oh, no. Because if we're going to win, there should still be some tr- turmoil. Yeah, feelings are still good during the winning. So what but would yeah. happen if we had if we had done a different order? If we so if we had if we had one more round? Uh-huh. One, two, three. Okay. So I should have put this. I should Oh my god. So you said hmm. your so I have a 3 and uh Brandon has a 6. So if you had put that no, there's nowhere I would have put it because you would have, and if I relocated any two or any three, one of those would still be a tie and the four would still beat the other. You were always going to win this match. So if you played your three and then your six and I played the same, you would have won, right? Because I have two, four, three. If you played three, six, two, well, yeah. you would have won. Hmm. But in general, the matchup, well, was no, heavily be- in your. Because it was just the order, right? Because I have a two, a three, and a four. You have a two, a three, and a six. So it was yeah. just the order that did it. Mm-hmm. But it's still like generally in your favor because of the because ties, of the, but the favor. yeah because of momentum. Yeah, but yeah, that was I did cool. I did that a lot. Very cool. Um, so let's recall all of these and shuffle the smash deck again. So after Ryan, what do you think of your rival now? <laughs> So I'll, I'll, I'll play this moment as after Sam has already let that score pass and has now like left from the field, I will eject from my mech very calmly. Um, and as I'm looking at you make your next play, I'm like, yeah, I, I, in this moment, I believe that you are playing the game as it's supposed to be played. And I'm... I'm more excited about the way that you play than I than I have been when we were friends. And I, I feel like 
the way that one of the ways that I may potentially enjoy this game after we never get to pl- if we never get to play again is to play like you instead, and I'm trying to figure out what that means now. Cool. Yeah. Even though we're never going to be friends again now, but yes. I'm so excited about this. So that yeah. was mine. That was yours. So we're so, at, the neons are up three to one on the demons. Mm-hmm. So in this moment, because it's been quite a while, if you want to play one more match before we get into our final moments, uh, or if we want to just go towards the end of the game, I will let whoever wants to make the next play make that decision. So final- I think mathematically we're probably in, into the final moments, yeah. Yeah, because like, because my final moments isn't worth points. Does fi- is final moments uh, so it doesn't determine a winner? Final no, moments. It just, is- it just determines essentially the uh, flavor of the end of the game. Okay, so do we want to do another point or go to final moment? I- I'd rather probably go to final moments and then have more time for epilogue. Yeah, yeah. I feel like at this point the game is kind of that's it. We've we've hit the end more or less. I am in favor of this. Okay. So um, I guess, Valor, do you want to read the, the final moments bit? Since you were okay. not as much in the last scene. <laughs> okay. So your team. Uh, each teammate follows the below. Choose the suit that has been most influential on you in this match. Show how your attitude towards that suit has changed by describing how you play and what you're thinking as in the game, uh, I'm sorry, as the game heads toward the end, I am, I have old eyes. Okay. <laughs> so, so we're each going to do that. So choose the suit that has been most influential and show how your attitude towards the suit has changed by describing how you play and what you're thinking as the game head towards the end. So I think that in terms of it, the suit that we pick, like, does it have to be one that we had a lot of, or just kind of like the one that we feel resonates? Just one that you feel resonates. I mean, we've gone through the entire deck. You've touched each suit at least once. But yeah, <laughs> any one that you think matches the tone that you're going for. I think she's going to go with focus, because again, when she came in, Melly was very scattered and concerned that she wasn't going to be able to focus and she wasn't going to be able to get her head in the game, but she did. And so even when, even when she failed, even when she, you know, tried something and it didn't work, even when she let her desire for the attention of her rival take over when she should have been focusing on her teammates and the play, she still did have, you know, she she was still playing the game. She wasn't worrying about her family. She wasn't worrying about her siblings. She wasn't worrying about what was going to happen afterwards as much as worrying about playing. And um, and I think that, like, in the moment when, you know, she took over from Sam in that one move, it was because she was so focused that she realized that their tactic needed to pivot. and And so just... Focus has been very important to her throughout. I think for Sam, stats, statistics, like in card play wise, it's probably prowess, but I think I have a better story beat for energy because the demons came out of the gate with an incredible energy and the neons had to figure out how to accommodate for that. And we 
we de-escalated, right? So high energy, we met it with low energy and reducing energy. But then the thing that Sam did that took a two to one lead and turned it into a three to one, um, like to be in position to win was meeting Ryan head to head and coming out with energy that was surprising. You know, it wasn't connection, focus, or prowess. It was the energy that was really more the the kind of the the suit that flavored why Sam kind of won that first hit. Even if I don't know that that was the suit of the card that was played, I think that's kind of the the narrative framing that makes more sense here. And so Sam realized that there is a way to use to use unexpected energy that isn't irresponsible, isn't dangerous, but is effective. Your turn, Brandon. <laughs> I think I think energy counts for me as well. Because, I mean, as stated, um, the demons have been coming with a demonic energy in this game and had done so for reasons that were too selfish and too, like, dismissive of the game itself. And the way that that has changed as a result is now where they've witnessed what is essentially a different energy. Now that they've seen the energy of the Neons, still playing with a kind of intensity and a kind of confidence, but not with the kind of carelessness or brutality that they've been playing, and that it's been working for them, they are now noticing that that is the fundamental hole in their play that needed to be uh, resolved in order for their play to improve. And especially for... Ryan and Hannah, but the other players are noticing it as well because they were kind of just attached to brutality because their captain told them this is how you're going to destroy the other team. and the, No one will ever be able to match up to us, etc., etc. And then they're learning sometimes just being casually violent is actually the worst strategic decision you can make. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that again. How about we actually have a plan? And um, for Ryan and Hannah in particular, it is observing that you that the neons have been more strategic have been exerting more of their focus and more of their actual stamina towards making risky plays for the benefit of scoring rather than just being confrontational to the other team and that's like radically rearranged the way that they have processed the way that they're supposed to play but it happens too late and they score rapidly starts increasing because i didn't get to the funny part that i that i think i enjoy the most about fight with spirit which is that points in match games are just a metaphorical sim, uh, symbolic representation of points in game so i think that because of the nature of how this game typically plays in uh, an actual fps and how it might be translated to an ARG kind of format in this sense, but you kind of, you have beat the, the Dark Side Demons like 99 to 29, just like soundly scoring against them on a regular basis because nobody's been observing the other flag at all. So yeah, the match is over, the winner is announced. Neons, how do you each react? I'll start with Melly. Melly is excited and relieved. But part of her is actually still kind of like, does, does it matter? Is it going to matter? 
And so she still is sort of worried, right? Like she, she wonders if she's made a bad choice in, you know, putting her family aside temporarily for this and whether it's worth pursuing something that is going to require that of her or whether what she really wants to do is, you know, engage in, in something that is going to allow her to be more flexible about family time. She's seen what it is for her parents to be entirely unavailable and maybe she doesn't want that actually. But at the same time, she hopes still that like that they'll finally take this seriously maybe. Now that she's won, now that she's proven that this is a valid thing, maybe this is going to be a turning point for her. Uh, Sam? I think for Sam, this is it's like validation of their approach, right? Because they focused on training wrestling. They talked a lot about being able to like adjust and respond effectively and made the right call to to de-escalate. And so they're feeling they're feeling satisfied, but what they're doing, and it's there's a clear agenda, but what they're they're doing as the team is celebrating is like calling out specifically good things that each of the other players did, right? So they call out when, you know, Williams was able to respond quickly enough and come in and pick up the the ball after Sam had laid out Ryan um, and, you know, goes through the, the team and calls out Melly for seeing something that Sam didn't see and modifying the play in a way that kept us from getting, like, broken from the back line. Nice. So, now we go into ending credits. In this phase, we narrate the ending credits of this sports show. The ending credits are the a reflective time to celebrate quieter moments. Think of each moment as a snapshot that flashes onto the screen as the credits roll. So... I want to give everybody a beat of a thing that happens as a result of this moment in play. So you have all, so you have won the quarterfinals of this tournament. You're now moving to the semis. Things are looking good for the new Crest Neons. You take off your helmets, your headsets from the auditorium. And you notice, a thing that you wouldn't have noticed because the helmet has audio headsets within it specifically to take in game audio and cancel out noise from the outside but as you take out your helmet you notice the entire stadium is full other students other teachers family members melly you see all of your siblings in the front row they're here by themselves no one is chaperoning (laughs) them they, you have no idea how they traveled to get here. You don't know if they ate or drank anything since they've been here. The shift um, from delight to horror is immediate. <laughs> but they are cheering loudly for you. Because you've done a lot in this game. You've made a lot of the, the scoring and intercepting action in this game. So they're very the hype about the fact that you are one of the top scorers of this quarterfinal. All of your teachers are present. Some of the people who some of the students who are clearly still obviously recovering from last night's quarter crash uh, are still like very caring very loudly for you or caring as loudly as they would have if they didn't lose their voice the night before. 
as you as the game closes and everybody starts exiting the AR, the other team walks towards you and some of its members start shaking your hand, congratulating you on the win. Sam, you notice Ryan has already somehow made it all the way to the door as if he is about to leave. I think the to to follow through on the the tragic beat, I think Sam continues to read that as Ryan not wanting to have anything to do with them. Not like being hurt or, you know, being satisfied, uh, you know. So they they take this as a a total lack of an invitation to interact. What you don't notice in that moment is he was actually ushered away by his coach to check to check whether that that first blow in that confrontation you had may have caused any dizziness or vertigo that will now need to be checked out by Dockside U uh, Medical. And they're having like a very stern conversation about, well, how did you lose that fight in the first place? You're supposed to be so much better at this. Your mech is designed for this kind of confrontation. Like, what? get your head in the game, guy. And Ryan turns back to glance at you while you are now in conversation with the rest of your team and you don't even notice. Perfect. And one single strong manly tear rolls no. down his cheek and then it just gives you a very stern, confident nod and then moves to the uh, team bus. Hannah walks up to you, Melly, like, like just the stern, angry stomping towards you and then puts her hand out for a handshake. Melly grabs her hand and then pulls her in for a hug. <laughs> it's like, I still have our trophy from 10th grade. And she gives you the strongest hug that you've ever gotten in your entire life. <laughs> You're pretty sure you can hear some ribcage, some, <laughs> some parts of your ribcage bruising. The coach of the demons walks up to the coach of the neons. They grab each other by the forearm for this very stern forearm shake. Give each other like that stern, manly head nod. The coach from the demon says, that's never going to happen again, you know. Uh, and the coach from the neon says, of course not. We can go up to three figures anytime you like. And that's where we're going to close that game. <laughs> the sound of cheering resounding from the Newcrest University Auditorium as we just kind of fade out on that scene thank you so very much for uh indulging me in yet another game of fight with spirit i really enjoyed this game you guys this game rocks i'm sure you have now seen again how cool this game is i'm very excited i'm very glad that we got to do the thing how do you feel about this i like this game a lot it's really fun <laughs> like the thing that is still so astounding to me about this game is I am not a sports drama guy. I don't watch sports anime. I've never gotten into any of those hype classic sports movies that everybody else has. I think the fact that there is steel pan music in the Mighty Ducks ruined sports movies for me. So I didn't think that this was a thing that I would be hype about. But it's very good at generating hype. It's a well-designed, well-structured game in such a way that even the way that you interact with match games is not necessarily just about counting numbers until you win or lose something, but actively deciding how you feel about every moment in the game. And yep. that's very good. 
I like it so very much. I want to do an I, I want to do a shonen uh, fight tournament arc with this. Actually, absolutely, is what we should do next. Right. Well, because that's the because the 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 one the one on one the duet game that you did had some <laughs> combat stuff, and then this one had like rugby rugby combat and mechs, and then clearly, mm-hmm. you know, so. When we do a tournament arc, would we do all one-on-ones or would there also be a melee element? Because like one-on-ones is more more classic for the form. Yeah, we'll figure it out. There is something here that has to work. But yes. But yeah, I really enjoy this game. I, I still want very badly for all of these strange friends to get a chance to play it. This is the point where I let everybody else know that not only can you, uh, as uh, Mike linked in the chat, get the game online, you can buy the digital version right now, which will give you the opportunity to play virtually using Roll20 or playing cards at IO as we have right now. But they are presently shipping the physical version as we speak. It is supposed to be out. It's supposed to be out now. For if it's not available for pre, it, it was available for pre pre-order starting early in the month, but it should be shipping very very soon. So if you want to actually physically hold the cards in your hand and play the game at a table and experience the epic highs and lows of insert sport here with yeah. your friends at a table, definitely check it out. It is actually very kick-ass. So, so yeah, if you are, uh, if you love RPGs and you have a group of friends who like sports that are not into RPGs, this is the game that you bring, you know, to, to, to some day or some afternoon thing. Sometime when there isn't a game to watch, you can mm-hmm. pitch them on, I have this thing that's about telling character sports stories. And I think Fight with Spirit is a great option for somebody's first tabletop role-playing game. Because it's yeah. very collaborative, but I feel like it's got good prompts so that people are maybe less likely to feel kind of at loose ends and not understand or not have enough to work on to be able to to engage with the material. That's that's my take. Valerie, you've gotten to play it twice now, so how are you feeling about Fight with Spirit? No, I love this game so much. And I think that like one of the fun things about it is that it is so adaptable in terms of you could play it with a real sport. You could play it with a fake sport that you invent on the spot. You could play it with any sport that has ever existed in an anime or TV show or video game. You can literally just be like, okay, I'm going to do a blaze ball like it doesn't matter you can play whatever you want and yeah i know now brandon's like blaze ball why hadn't i thought about that the first thank you for that i just i mean that would be the most eldritch version of this game i suppose but like that's you condition know, incinerated <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but i just also like the idea that we have gotten so far in in the tabletop RPGs that we can go from, uh, do you want to play a game that is this flavor of fantasy or do you want to play a game that is this flavor of fantasy? All the way to being able to tell your friends, do you want to play Kuroko no Basketball? Did you like Blue Lock? Then let's play this game. Because that's actually kind of fun to that we have such a wide range of things that you can experience in tabletop. And all of those things are very 
tightly constructed and curated to create the exact kind of experience that you get watching the thing because the thing that matters the most about fight with spirit is not necessarily winning or losing we could have lost this game and it would have still been emotionally rewarding and i think that the fact that they've done so well with that is really a testament to not only story brewers design but the capacity for the genre in general okay Ooh, but wait what's this so a friend or uh, one of the people that I play with in my Blades game on Monday linked this in the Discord. Story Brewer's next game, Legal Minds, a legal drama RPG. Quote, take on the role of a hotshot lawyer fighting to win cases, dealing with client pressure and battling for a promotion, not to mention all the all the drama in your own life. Objection. Sorry, I had to do it. Oh my god. Okay. I love this so very much because it says, inspired by the high-pressure legal world of The Good Wife, the personal drama of The Split, and the episodic case feel of Boston Legal. And if you've ever seen Boston Legal, <laughs> there is an energy in those cases that is, like, chaotic to the point of being purely comic, which is right. of note because Boston Legal is actually a comedy. And if we could do more of that, if we could do, like some ace attorney levels of there are still very intense feelings taking place in this case but it's also allowed to be silly right she's um, hulk. Yeah. she hulk yeah. this this would be i think the most appropriate she hulk rpg i i i need this so badly but we don't even like we have to wait until the kickstarter i don't think anybody's seen it yet i need to i am so excited especially yeah. if mechanically it still plays like fight with spirit this is actually this is actually very very right. rad yeah it looks their their website says see you on kickstarter next year so this is probably a 2024 thing which means we're just gonna have to satisfy ourselves by playing more fight with spirit yes i'm good with that um fight with spirit, I, poker fight with spirit chess <laughs> fight with spirit can be anything it could be anything you dream I might... and this is the part where i also say that i know that story brewers is very like excited about seeing other people's play I, i'm pretty sure they watched the vod of our first game in fact or at least noticed the tweet about it so this is me putting out into the ether that if you ever want anybody to run a one shot like play test slash announcement game of legal minds we are available for the thing because i think that objection i'm sorry no. i just keep no. doing it overruled <laughs> We should do it. <laughs> I want so badly to do this thing. But yes. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but again, thank you so very, very much for joining us for tonight's game of Fight with Spirit. This is your moment now to let all the lovely people know who you are, what you do, and where they can find you next, starting with Valerie. Hi, I'm Valerie Valdez. You can find me at ValerieValdez.com. You can find me on social media, Valerie Valdez or Valerie Valdez author, depending on the location. And, you know, social media is imploding. So maybe just go to my website, I guess. And you can find me on Twitch. The kids are asleep, which is when I stream video games. Next, Mike. Hello, I am Mike. I publish as Michael R. Underwood. I write action adventure stories such as Genrenauts, the R Fantasy Stabby Award finalist uh, novella series, which I'm currently developing into a tabletop role-playing game. I do fiction and I do podcasts like uh, Speculate Here with Brandon and Greg. I 
have been wearing many hats because that's required to survive capitalism as a creative in the 2020s. But if you would like to see more about how I do that thing, you can become a subscriber at patreon.com slash Michael R. Underwood and hear about all the different things that I'm doing. For now, if you're not already subscribed at patreon.com slash speculate, you definitely should be because we just started recording a new mini-series and we have already stacked up several cool behind-the-scenes extra features that we're going to be sharing with patrons once the series gets going. Brandon is stage managing that series as well, and it has come out of the blocks absolutely on fire in all of the best and worst ways. So y'all should look forward to that when we start releasing it in the question mark soon future. That's Mm -hmm. me. And as for me, I am Brandon O'Brien. I have been your facilitator for this game of Fight with Spirit. I am a uh, poet, writer, and game designer from Trinidad and Tobago, and one of the co-hosts of Speculate alongside Mike and Greg. Um, as previously mentioned, I am a presently GMing another Speculate miniseries, the Pitman Sculpture, our uh, Apocalypse Keys miniseries, featuring uh, special guests from Queen's Court Games. It's been, as Mike has said, it's been rad. Um, our first session was wild as hell, ended on a wild as hell cliffhanger, and I can't wait to see what we respond to from that moment onward. I'm very excited for more of that. I am doing a lot of things. Of note, I will mention idly that I'm also GMing another game over for another crew of people over on Open Circuit Studios, which is an, uh, a bunch of very cool people who have been recently doing their own two seasons of a series of the Leverage RPG called Leverage Los Angeles. And I will be running a spin-off series to that series called Leverage Port of Spain very, very soon. And I say this to let all of you lovely people know that if you are a person of color who would like to join that crew, definitely reach out to Open Circuit and apply to be a member of that casting call so we can do some cool things over there. But as for Speculate, a reminder that we uh, all of the cool stuff that we do at Speculate can be supported by you via uh, joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash speculate or going to our website speculatesf.com. Definitely one of the things that I want to encourage more people to do is share more of our stuff with other cool people. We are... Uh, oh, one of our series, Valawood, being jammed by a wonderful dancing master, Michael R. Underwood, is now a New Jersey Webfest and Minnesota Webfest special selection. That is very rad. I want other people to see all the cool stuff that we do and all the cool people that we do those stuff with. So feel free every once in a while, just let people know, hey, have you seen this thing? These cool people play this cool game. I think that would be really cool to have more people aware of the wonderful games and wonderful players that we have on the Speculate podcast. So if you can share the word, if you can spread the word by any means, please definitely do so. But as for the rest of us, we have had a very intense quarterfinal match, and I'm pretty sure most of us would like to rest our weary bodies now. So thank you so very much for joining us this evening. I hope that you have a wonderful night. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And we will see you all very, very soon with more speculation shenanigans in the near future. Until then... Good night, everyone. Bye. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band, The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com.
Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.